All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Well, thunderous Thursday afternoon. How are you? Welcome to the Jason Greger Show and I'm the sports leader TSN 1260 is always presented by PlayAlberta.ca, Alberta's only regulated online gambling website where all of the revenue 100% stays right here in the province. Go to playalberta.ca. I am Jason Greger. Brandon Douglas is with us. Uh, The con man is getting prepared for uh, his wedding. Hopefully his first and only wedding. That's what I think we uh, we would like to say. Don't you think? There you go. The uh, con man will be uh, back next week, taking a few extra days off, preparing himself mentally, physically. He's doing a lot of push-ups, he told me. Wants to make sure that he's uh, going to fit in his uh, penguin suit on uh, on Saturday. So should be uh, should be fun. Looking forward to it. On the uh, program today, we have uh, loads to discuss because, man, is there lots going on. You just heard it. Uh, Canada moves on to the semifinals at the uh, World Hockey Championship. So uh, we'll touch on that a little bit. It uh, definitely, I, I think the roster itself is not the most uh, star-studded of uh, previous years. But, hey, they're in the semifinals. One game, anything can happen. Uh, Gazzola will be by. Uh, Eric Reed will uh, join us. We'll talk a little uh, NBA. Can the Celtics extend it, or was it just a, a one-game Give yourself a little pride. They're on the road. They'll have to win in Boston 
Meanwhile, the uh, Denver Nuggets just uh, sitting there waiting patiently to see who they'll face in the NBA final. You would think it's going to be the Heat. No NBA team in history has ever come back from a 3 nothing deficit. Ever. But up until a few years ago, no one had ever won out of the 16th slot in the NCAA tournament. So you never know. You never know. Uh, Dylan Gunther, former Edmonton Hawking member of the Seattle Thunderbirds, will uh, join us. The Memorial Cup begins tomorrow. Two teams out of the West. Kamloops, of course, the host team. They'll play tomorrow. tomorrow, And then Seattle will play on Saturday, their first action. You have Peterborough and the Quebec Remparts also in. Uh, Kamloops has three Memorial Cup championships, 92, 94, and 95. As you know, uh, Struddy has uh, talked about it often as he was a member of the 94 and 95 teams. Peterborough has won one back in uh, 79. Quebec has won two. Their most recent was in 2006. And the Thunderbirds have never won. So one of these organizations, you know, minimum, is uh, is ending a 17-year drought. And then after that, uh, significantly longer. So should be a fun tournament. Uh, Livingston will be by. Sad Yusuf uh, joins us to discuss the, uh, the Dallas Stars. No Jamie Benn. No Dadanoff and uh, Joe Pavelski's a game time decision. Also, no chance. I would suggest what's happening uh, tonight for the uh, Dallas Stars. Uh, no chance to come back and win the series. Can they win a game? Sure. The series not happening. Uh, here's what we know. If you are interested in the Stanley Cup final, if Vegas wins tonight or on Saturday, so if they finish the series in game in games four or five, then the Stanley Cup final will begin next Wednesday. If it goes six games or longer, it'll not begin until the following Saturday. So uh, there you have it. It'll either start on May 31st or on June 3rd. And then June's a busy month. Because after the Stanley Cup, you have a little bit of time to uh, regroup. Then you have uh, teams that submit qualifying offers. The last few years, we've had lots of teams not qualify players that in past years, they would have qualified. So, see how how that goes for them. Also, if you look at the fact that the uh, Edmonton Oilers have some decisions, I don't think they're major. But they're significant. We will uh, we will find out what they do leading up to the draft in regards to possible trades. They don't have a first rounder. They have a second rounder. They don't have a third or fourth. So we'll uh, we will look. I find I don't I don't think uh, Edmonton is uh, you know going to have. Um, Major change. I really think the biggest decision between now and the draft will be Kyrie Yamamoto. And uh, are they able to uh, move him? I think if you're trading him, it's going to happen at the draft or a few days leading up to the draft. And if not, then they have to consider the buyout option. They just do. Because it can save you so much in cap space. And the orders don't have a ton of cap space. Even if the cap goes up, what uh, people are projecting it to go up. 
that's the key for the, uh, for the Edmonton Oilers. So we'll see about that. Uh, also, last night, the uh, Florida Panthers punched their ticket to the Stanley Cup final. The Colorado, the Carolina Hurricanes, excuse me, have lost 12 consecutive conference final games. They beat Buffalo in seven games in 2006 en route to winning their uh, only Stanley Cup championship. Since then, 2009, they got swept four straight. 2019, swept by Boston. 2023, swept by Florida. That is an NHL record for most consecutive losses in a conference final. The uh, previous was nine by Boston, who lost nine between uh, 1991 and uh, 2011. The uh, longest consecutive losing streak overall is uh, 16 games. Obviously, they're not close to that. But that's that's mind-blowing to me, that uh, Carolina gets to the conference finals and they don't come close. Like, I, I know Rod Brindamore last night. I'm not sure if you heard his post-game. And I don't, hey, Rod Brindamore is a very passionate man. So I understand what he's trying to say is, hey, people are going to look back in this, and he's like, hey, we didn't lose four games. Well, yes, you did lose four games. You didn't get waxed, but you lost four games. Oiler fans can remember the 2021 series against the Jets. They got swept three losses in overtime. The other one was a 2-1 game with two empty net goals. Very similar. But guess what? They still got swept. And when, when you look at Carolina's issues, now, you can say if they had Svechnikov and Pacioretty, it would have been different, maybe. But keep in mind that Svechnikov's career high is 69 points. Max Pacioretty's career high is 67 points. Neither one of them has been what I would call an elite difference maker. Matthew Kachuk on the other side, 100-point player. Look at uh, look at Barkov, who had, uh, what did he have, five points in the uh, in the series? Like, those are, those are big-time point producers. Right, Barkoff has had 96 points, 88 points, 78 points, 78 points. So four times he's a 78-point guy. And so four over four, actually five times in his career, he's been a point-of-game player. Pacioretty never has. Svechkov never has. Matthew Kachuk has now back-to-back years. Carolina needs a big-ticket offensive player. They do. And I wonder if this is the summer that Don Waddell goes out. Because otherwise, it's going to be the same thing for Carolina fans. They're going to be very good in the regular season. They're going to crush you in, in shots for and against. Right? They're very good. They play an excellent system. But come crunch time, they don't have the finishers. They just don't. They're hard to find. It's not like every team could just snap their finger and get one. But when you look at the the strength of Carolina, I think they've got lots of very good defensemen. They play a very good system. A lot of a very good, responsible defensively forward group. They don't have a they don't have a dynamic player. Sebastian Ajo, I like Sebastian Ajo. He's very good. But straight up, is he better than Kachuk or Barkov? I don't think so. So, how do you compete in those games? Right now, he's been a point-of-game player 
uh, three times in his career. Right, solid player, but again, his career high is eighty three points. So he's not Kachuk and he's not Barkov. They just don't have it. And and I think you look at who they lose to. They lose to teams that simply have better high end talent. Now, having high-end talent doesn't guarantee you win. You need a lot of other things to win. doesn't guarantee you win. But when it gets to crunch time, your best players have to be able to match the other team's best players if you want a chance. If they do, doesn't guarantee you win. Order fans can attest to that. they got to be able to match them, and Carolina just doesn't have that. And Dundon, now I know they... They made a pitch for Timo Meyer, and people say, well, Timo Meyer didn't produce a ton in New Jersey. Sure, because there's no guarantee that the guy's going to produce every year. Right? Ask Flame fans. Was was Matthew Kachuk in Florida the Matthew Kachuk you saw in games two to five against Edmonton last year? I don't think so. You didn't even notice him in those games. Obviously, he learned from that. He got better. Guys can have a bad playoff. It's happened before. Look at Connor McDavid's first year in the playoffs. By By his standards... Less than a point a game, you know, not close to what he's usually used to. So it happens. But as we've seen since, eh, McDavid's pretty good in the postseason. So if if I'm Don Waddell, I wonder whenever, if it's Brad Treleman or whoever else it is, the Toronto Maple Leafs have some high-end forwards. They need to improve their defense. Carolina's got some really good defensemen. Is there a possible trade that works there for those two teams? I wonder. So that is something that that I would look at. Hey, guys, I'd say uh, the orders sweep last year was equivalent to uh, this year. Mm, I, no, there was no Bobrovsky in Colorado last year, my man. The orders scored a lot of goals. They gave up a lot of goals. Right, The games were close, yes. But... I thought for a lot of those games, Colorado was the better team, clearly. And and the difference was Edmonton didn't get goalied in that series. And I don't, like, Carolina had some chances. So they got, I think it was a combination of they didn't finish because they don't have the high-level skill to finish, and they also faced a goaltender who's unreal. Hey, guys, the Canes and Orders are the opposite. All-world defensive system in Carolina, not enough high-end offense. The Orders, all-world offense, no structural system. Well, I think actually, if you look at the numbers, Edmonton structurally isn't the issue. Look at their shot. Look at how much they outshot Vegas five on five in that series. The difference was when Edmonton decided to make an error, it was like a hi, we're on a billboard. Everybody can see it. That's what they would do. Structurally, if you actually look like the orders in the regular season had the third lowest expected goals for a goaltender. Very good. They didn't give up a lot of quality, but when they do, it kills them. And that's what happened. You heard Leon Dreisaitl. You heard a lot of them talk about how you've got to have that continued discipline to not cheat at a certain time, to not try a dangerous pass, to say, okay, this shift, guess what? We're breaking even. We're not going to go for it. So. Hey, Gregor, do you think Kachuk is more valuable to his team than Austin Matthews is to his? Was well, Kachuk ever won a Hart Trophy? Kachuk ever scored 36? Like, Kachuk this year has had a better year. Who had a better year last year? 
I think too often we always want to jump on, oh, what's the shiny new toy? And, oh, Kachuk's way better than Matthews. When push comes to shove, we'll see. This year he was. Was he last year? Ask Flame fans about the series against the Orders. Ask Order fans, did you notice Matthew Kachuk in games two to five? Honestly, did you notice him? No, you didn't. Because he was on the ice, but really in spirit. So from year to year, it's it's difficult. So, hey, guys, what type of offensive player could the Canes have been able to get with uh, Pugliarvi's money? Waste of an opportunity from Scotty. Hey, Scotty, bang on, my man. I, I couldn't, like, get, it's funny how Oiler fans, Ken Holland should be given a trophy for being able to unload Yessa Pugliarvi and $3 million straight across for nothing. He freed up the cap space, which allowed him to get Matias Ekholm. He didn't even, like, he just said, here you go, take Pugliarvi. No problem. You know, you got some prospect that's never playing for you, right? He's not an NHL prospect. It was just a a, a, a contract to get off the books. That was it. Expiring contract now. It was an amazing trade. I said at the time, I thought Carolina, I had him at the deadline as my biggest loser. Because they were a really good team. They were close. And New Jersey added Meyer. And look at other players that teams added. And they added Yesa Pugliarvi. No offense. Now, Gosses Bear, good addition. I had no problem with Gosses Bear. He's a good player. Yesa Pugliarvi wasn't even playing barely in this series. So that's a three. Think about that. $3 million for a whole lot of nothing. That's just a fact. I know other fans, some of you who are, I should say this, Pugliarvi fans don't want to hear, but it's a fact. Right now, I said it all along. He wasn't getting qualified in Edmonton. He wasn't getting qualified in Carolina. The question is going to be, you know, I think Carolina, they probably look and say, we got to resign this guy. So it looked, hey, we get something. Cause could he score 12, 14 goals at a million dollars next year? Yeah. I think he's, it's possible. But the difference is he's not playing with McDavid or Drysaw. And he got some tap in goals that you're just not going to get in Carolina. I'm going to have hardworking goals, but they got a lot of hard workers. So. Hey, Gregor, I'd kick Kachuk over Matthews all day long. You haven't noticed Matthews in the playoffs ever. Well, I, I would, uh, I would probably, uh, disagree with that by saying ever. If you, if you look at, uh, at Austin Matthews, right, uh, in his last, he's got nine goals in his last 18 playoff games. Last year he had, uh, he had nine points in seven games. I'd say that's noticing this. He's had 20 points in his last 18 playoff games, man. It's not like he's completely invisible. So I, I think at times your people are a little bit, oh, now Kachuk. Hey, Kachuk has scored some massive goals. Has he scored bigger goals? 100%. This year he has, no question about it. Now, is he going to do that again? We'll see. But this year, no question. He's been a bigger impact player this season. So see how that goes. Coming up, uh, Tom Gazzola will join us uh, also on the uh, show. we got lots of uh, hockey talk. We can take your text at 101260. You can email us in our Jiffy Lube inbox, jgregor at tsn1260.ca. We roll through Thursday afternoon on Edmonton Sports Leader, TSN uh, 1260. How are you? Thanks, as always, for uh, listening to the show. Thanks again for everybody for uh, helping out yesterday on our uh, Kid Sport Day. As, uh, as always, it came through, and we actually had uh, lots of people that uh, were late um, coming. Hey, sorry guys, I was driving that, that came in afterwards. So uh, I'll get the final tally tomorrow on Positive Friday, but, uh, we're end up a little bit uh, higher, which is always good. Always better to be uh, higher. Right? Like I always try to come up with a realistic number. And then if we uh, get higher than that, it's always better. So, uh, thanks to everyone. And, uh, you're going to get a lot of kids playing sports who otherwise wouldn't. 
And that can be a huge game changer for them. So uh, thank you very much. Now, let's get to the uh, Chronicles brought to you by Action Electrical. They purchased Big Hill Electrical out of Cochrane recently. And so now they can provide service to all of Alberta as they become one of the most diversified electrical contractors in the province. Go to actionelectrical.net as uh, Tom Gazzola Joins us, uh, TG. What's it, with the light in the with because I'm in studio today with Brando. The uh, the light in the studio. Uh, y- your hair is kind of uh, in between right now. The color and, it, and yeah. growing it out. It it is, uh, <laughs> and it still has curl. You can still see the oh, curl. I see a little it. Bit. Yeah, I know. That's why you're laughing. I was like, "What are you laughing?" Because we're huffing. Him. <laughs> both of us were running around in the commercial break. We're both in studio. Um, yes, the uh, the remnants of the perm and the the highlights are still in there. So. I've had a lot of people come out to me and be like, oh, I missed the perm. Just Jackson did yesterday. And I was like, there's a lot of video. There's a lot of pictures. Yeah, you don't want to be a quitter. You should have had the summer of Tom. Uh, you know what? I was watching a roast the other day, getting prepared for Kevin Lowe's roast, and yes. I saw Andy Dick on there. And I was just like, oh, my goodness, is that Tom Gazzola's oh. hair? It's unbelievable. Oh. I might have to call you AD for now on. No, no, no. <laughs> I'll take Ruth from Ozark any day over Andy Dick. I mean, he's a funny guy, but he's a weirdo. Oh, he's um, definitely uh, the man. Those old school roasts, like, so good. even from 2006, six seven, like, things have changed a lot in a short period of time. Oh. And, and uh, you know, and even I was watching, I was like, yeesh. Like the Pamela Anderson one, I, I couldn't get through it. I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm Martha, done. Martha Stewart, the Martha Stewart roast was vicious too. Oh, like some of them, there's some really funny lines yeah. though. Like I just look for, you know, it's more so just kind of looking to take advice from watching kind of how they have the flow with yep. the roast masters. There's different guys uh, that do it differently. So um, like I kind of have my plan of attack yep. on, uh, on what I want to do and kind of, you know, because writing jokes is hard, man. I'm not a joke writer. So it's uh, it's difficult. I've reached out to a few guys for for some help on that. I don't claim to be a comedian because a lot of it's like you build it on one, two, three. Yeah. So that's kind of what it's, I'm it's doing. like a combination thing, a little like bit, a yeah. boxer, right? Yeah, but, like left, 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 right, left. Yeah. Boom. There um, we go. I, last year you did though. We did the roast of Walking Gage. That was a great event, right? Or was that two years ago now? No, Gager was last year. That was last year. That was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, you did great work on that. I'm well, I didn't really for, do anything. That was but, Nielsen. He was great too, but both of you guys. And then uh, Terry Ryan, that was my first introduction to Terry Ryan. His video was quite good. Yeah, he's coming live this year. Oh, great. Well, McTavish, I'm actually, McTavish is, and Georgia, so they had a meeting. So there's George Lerac, uh, Craig McTavish, uh, Terry Ryan, Kent Tilly, yep. who is really funny. Like, you know, I would say the roast going to last about hour and 45 minutes but with tilly speaking it's probably two hours and a half okay. but uh he's really funny it just takes you a while to to get to his point uh kathleen mcgee obviously super she funny. funny she's uh she's great and like she she gets so fired up like she just loves ripping people so well i could good. tell jim jerome and uh george larac is now coming well so, he's a character too. i had to rewrite a few of my jokes now just for big g did he's, you say mac t is gonna be back oh yeah no mac t's coming in but this like he was last year yeah he was mac t's funny but like he knew, I think he's going to be a lot like he kind of, he's now you, once you go through it once and like everybody saw him at, at Lowe's Jersey, uh, retirement. Yes. That's like the PG version. So now that he gets to be R rated, I'm actually quite excited to see what he's going to bring. The best part about Mac T at the roast of walking gauge. And I, uh, we've known Mac a long time, both of us. And, was watching him, and I think he was trying to understand how this whole concept worked. Oh, yeah. And he was watching the Terry Ryan video. He's watching the videos. Like, 
not not laughing, ha ha. He was no, like, no, he was, what did I get myself into? He was very much because I think until you're part because most people get into a role like it's difficult for some people because you know they're like, well, geez, you know, I like this guy and it's good. Like yep. Strutty and I are really good buddies, <laughs> and so like we were sitting down and I was writing some of the jokes for his roast, and I'm like, oh, geez, like <laughs> can I make fun of this one? And so I had to be like, hey, buddy, like you know, we're still good friends, but. This is a row, so nothing personal in between, like, kind of the lines. And, right. And, I, you know, um, but I told McTavish, I'm like, you've played against some of your good friends. You'd like, you'd want to take their head off. Right. Like, literally try to take their head off if you could. Now, I know there's no Stanley Cup on the line, so it's a little bit different. Sure. But uh, I do I do expect him to be even a little bit more vicious this year in a good way. That's yep. what the roast is for. Like, it's not supposed to be a toast. No, it's a roast. And you know what? I, I'm guaranteeing you he's going to get a ton of laughs. Uh the thing that resonates with me last year was just watching him watch those videos. And then he turned and he looked at me and he goes, Tommy, what have I gotten myself into? <laughs> I was like, you'll be fine, Mac. You'll oh, be fine. Nice. So uh, looking forward. There are a few tables left. If you want to go, you can go to uh, kidsportroast.com. Check it out there. Um, last night, the uh, Florida Panthers yes. punched their ticket to the uh, Stanley Cup final in dramatic fashion again. Yes. Four point, like, hey, first of all, they gave up the lead. Uh, fast tied it with, what, three and a half minutes to go. And then uh, the power play... Uh, people always watch it and they, oh, they're like, so, because I know there's lots of, and not lots, there's some who constantly repeat the, oh, the NHL, they don't want, they don't want, they don't want Canada to win. And I'm like, okay. Yeah, stop. So are you telling me that they really want Florida to win? Like Florida was their team that says, hey guys, we really need Florida to win. So we're going <laughs> to give right. them a power play in the last minute. Like I just, I don't buy that stuff. No. Um what dramatics uh i good on carolina for putting up a fight but florida's in such a groove right now what are they 11 and 1 since that loss in the first round to boston their last loss to boston it has been incredible to see this team kick it into high gear they got the goaltending from bobrovsky remember alex lyon started for them in the first round and it wasn't going well and then they switched to bobrovsky and and oh boy here he is vesna bobrovsky and the rest of the team started to click that game yesterday, I mean, you, you thought it was inevitable, and the way it ended in dramatic fashion was uh, incredible. I thought, too, like when Stasny scored, I'm like, all right, there's a bit of fight left in, in these Carolina Hurricanes. Second period goes, Lomberg's goal kind of uh, reset it for the Panthers, and then you're like, I think they're going to be able to carry on and have a good third period and lock things down. And the, the Canes poured it on, poured it on, poured it on, good on them, and Foss, that shot, Greg's, you know, good dig by Foss to get it through uh, Bobrovsky, but that's not a type of goal that I would expect Bobrovsky to let in. But when you're in desperation mode, uh, you do everything you can, and Foss was able to squeeze one through. And for whatever reason, when the Panthers got that power play, I was ready to play video games with my brother. I'm not, I'm not going to lie to you. And he's like, hey, do you want to hop on? And I was like, yeah, yeah, but hang on. I'm watching the last couple minutes of this game. I think something's going to happen. Sure enough, Kachuk. With uh, when was it Reinhardt took that shot and it went sailing behind the net and then Barkov made that play. I was like, something's going to happen. And sure enough, he scored. That was not interference, by the way. If you called that interference on Bennett, oh. that would have been super weak. I, uh, you know what, the the goal it would have had, and the reason why I don't think it was overturned is because there wasn't anything blatant. Uh, oh. Was it stick in there a little bit? Yes, but if I watched the replay, Freddie Anderson went to push off the post the first time and missed. Yep. And he basically had to push off a second time. That wasn't due to the interference. No. It wasn't due no. to the stick the, in there. The stick was inadvertently in there. but yeah. and, and it was Anderson. It was almost like they were battling for positioning with their sticks. And then by the time 
Kachuk worked his way around the net to get that shot off. Like Anderson had time to to set and find a way to make a save. And I just think that Kachuk made a good play in, in the dying seconds. And uh, what a story these Panthers are writing. It, it does feel like it reminds me a little bit like 06 Oilers. Well, here's the question now for Florida, because we've seen this happen quite a bit where an eight seeded team comes out of nowhere. They get all the way to the cup final and then it doesn't happen. Now the LA Kings were the exception yeah. in, in 2012, right? They, and they steamrolled through it. Like it was ridiculous. They were beating teams for fun in 2012. Then yes. in 2014, the first three series went seven games before they won in five in the cup. They played 26 games that spring. Yeah. But I, I look at Florida and it's, it's going to be Vegas. Sorry, Dallas, but uh, you're not, you're not winning four straight over Vegas right now. And, you know, I'm intrigued by that series. I'm very intrigued by it. You know, Florida has a chance to tie an NHL record with uh, 10 consecutive road wins that have to win game one and two, which is difficult. Mm-hmm. Vegas has been pretty good on home ice. So, um, you know, we'll see. I Tonight, man, I just, no, sorry, Dallas Stars fan, Travis and Allie and all the other Stars fans around, but <laughs> everybody in the hockey world except Dallas fans wants them to lose so you can get to the Stanley Cup final, yep. it, which would start if they lose tonight or on Saturday, the Cup final will begin next Wednesday. If it goes to six games, then it'll begin the following Saturday. Speaking of the cup final, really quickly before we dive into Stars Golden Knights tonight, um, have you heard if they're separating the games by two days? Because I heard early on in the playoffs that the Stanley Cup schedule was going to be something ridiculous where they had an extra day between games. Well, Did they, you hear anything about that? They, they do that usually between game when they're traveling, between yeah. games um, you know, two and three, and then again in four and five. But I, I don't believe that every game... Usually it's yeah. never been that case. You're not going to go, for instance, Wednesday, Saturday, Tuesday, Friday. Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't think so anyway. Um, the odd one you might, yeah. usually there is, especially because it's Vegas and Florida. It's fairly far distance and yeah. the travel days sometimes, and the NBA does it too, right? In the final. So that's the template kind of. Yeah. So I wouldn't, uh, I would, I don't think it's going to be everyone. It makes no sense. You don't need to do it in games one and two or between games three and four, but I could see if you want to do it between games two and three. Uh, I do wonder if they start on Wednesday, do they do that because they want Saturday? Mm. Right. Probably. You could go Wednesday, Saturday, but then you don't go till Tuesday, Thursday. Then you wouldn't go till Sunday. So yeah, I don't know. It's not an ideal time. A, a lot of it's going to depend on. Well, I don't think the I think the NBA and the NHL want to play. In, they don't want to play in the same day, right? Why would you? And is it on ESPN this year, the Cup Final, or is it TNT? Because we don't want to have another ESPN Sunday Night Baseball debacle either, right? Like we saw with the Oilers and the Golden Knights. Yeah, because they they rotate, and I can't remember if this is TNT's yeah, year or know. if this is ESPN's year. I think it might be ESPN's okay. year. Okay, so maybe there would be even more emphasis to go to Saturday instead of Sunday, and uh, we all know where the hockey world sits, in, according to uh, ESPN. Um, as for the Golden Knights Stars game, I mean, I'm surprised that Ben got two games. We were talking about it yesterday. I thought that they would just slap him with the usual one game. I can't remember who made the point yesterday. It was one of the insiders or one of the columnists said, there you go. Just like uh, we all should be used to by now, completely unpredictable from the Department of Player Safety where Peros slaps Ben with the two-gamer. I thought it would be one game. We're talking about one and done. Golden Knights probably wrapped this thing up, and we're talking about the Stanley Cup final this weekend. I, I want to get your thoughts from a, what do you, how do you view the Dubas situation in in Toronto? Ugh. Do you the, think he got way, that raw of a deal? No. Well, I I think if his sentiment, if he was feeling like 
he did not want to come back like he was talking about. He was being very open in his end-of-season press conference, and it changed Brendan Shanahan's mind. How I, If I was in Brendan Shanahan's shoes and I'm on the cusp of providing this guy with another contract to stick around three years plus an option, four years plus an option, whatever it was going to be, uh, I would want to hear from him in his end-of-year press conferences some reassurances that he wants to build this thing, he thinks that the right structure is in place. He has faith in the people he has instilled. A tweak here, a tweak there. Those are the types of messages I would want to be listening for if I was in Brendan Shanahan's shoes. The fact that we didn't hear those, and it was kind of a waffling theme uh, where he had to reassess things, he wasn't sure. And and to hear Shanahan be perfectly honest and say, that's where it changed my mind, I'm not surprised. And so now all of a sudden, What's interesting is Dubas saying you know, Maple Leafs are bust. I'm going to take a year off. And then a week later, we're talking about him talking to the Pittsburgh Penguins, meeting with Sidney Crosby. Like, where is Kyle Dubas at right now? What is his headspace that he's, well, he's going in, from he's, one extreme to the other? He's going like, to meet in Pittsburgh. Yeah. Right? Like, I, 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 here's what I view as a situation. It's well within his right. He was like, you know, he's a pending UFA, which is what he was. Yes. And... You know, when it's a, hey, we're negotiating, we're close, and then they came back with a counter offer. The one thing, though, usually if you're a pending UFA in hockey, you're not having a press conference. Right. Right. And if, if your boss said, I'd prefer you not to have a press conference until we sign this. Yep. Now, it's within his right not to listen. But that's usually, like, I think he leveraged himself, and, and I understand that he felt he wanted to have equal footing as Shanahan in hockey ops. Right. Now, I, you'll read his supporters, Myrtle and them will say, well, he deserved it. Maybe. Right? I, I don't know enough of the inner workings to say uh, if he did or didn't. But when I look at the at the selection of that team, they improve. But every year it's like, well, like, are they the only team that's ever lost to good teams in the first round? No, because if you act like a Toronto, well, they're so good. They just oh, they've always had bad matchups. What? They just lost to the eight seeded team. Yeah, they lost to Columbus. They lost to Montreal. Stop! Correct. Stop with the excuses of it all the time. Here's the facts: they did not get it done at the end of the day. And after that long, if you go in there and and you try to push your boss around, I could see why he says, you know what? Maybe not, and we're moving on. Yeah, I don't here. I'm not sure that Toronto's going to get a better GM. I'm also not sure that Dubas is going to get a better opportunity on another team. Like if he goes to Pittsburgh, which it seems like that's Pittsburgh wants him. That's yeah. their first choice. Yeah. Here's the issue with Pittsburgh. You're going to have to win in the next two years because age is, it doesn't slow down for anybody. Now Crosby's elite. Can he stay elite longer? Sure. Yeah, probably. But you know, there's the Malkin and Crosby rarely, are both healthy, specifically Malkin, mm-hmm. right? When, when you look at the amount of games played, like like look at if Jenny Malkin, the the last years he actually played all eighty two games this year. The year before he played forty one, then he played thirty three, uh, he played fifty five out of seventy, sixty eight, sixty two, fifty seven. Like he misses a lot of games. He finally played eighty two this year. That's the first time he played eighty two since two thousand nine. Huh. So the odds of that happening again are low. Then you throw in Chris Letang. And, and I hope to God it was just a, a strange, weird thing for him. But he's had two strokes now. Yes. So you don't know. Like, that's a, a pretty big wall card. And they don't have a lot of draft capital. So you go to Pittsburgh, and, well, you're not in as big of a market. But if you think there, it's not a hockey market, you don't think there's going to be pressure. You're dreaming. I think there's pressure to win there 
there's, I think there's a shorter window of opportunity where you look at Toronto and say, hey, we had a good team for five years. I don't think Pittsburgh is going to be a good team for five years. So both of these sides could end up losing out on this and not being better when it's all said and done. With Pittsburgh, uh, and you talk about there being a, a couple of years maybe of a window to continue to win. I was going to say he's going to Pittsburgh to rebuild this thing. That's a tough task because you look at their supporting staff. It's not good enough. I like that they picked up Ricard Raquel. I think that was a good pickup. Zucker, yeah, he's okay. Rust, eh. Uh, you go down the list and, and you're like, well, what is this team now? Gensel's a good player, but uh, like Danton Heinen, I know there was a lot of high expectation for him. That hasn't really panned out. Ryan Palin, great start with the Montreal Canadiens. That hasn't panned out. Josh Archibald, depth player. Okay. Uh, you go down, Michael Granlin, that was a weird pickup uh, at the deadline. I don't know how much of a boost that was. They went and got Dmitry Kulikov. Like they fell well short their supporting cast is not good enough uh you know they gave jeff carter another contract i think if you're going to pittsburgh you're rebuilding this thing and if your expectation or management upper management expects you to get into cup contention next year and the year after boy you're doing a lot of surgery on this organization and this franchise because that roster isn't getting it done i'm sorry Quick text, uh, hey boys, the cup finals always Monday, Wednesday, Saturday from uh, Gusty. Well, uh, Gusty, last year, the uh, Stanley Cup playoffs began, the final that is, on Wednesday the 15th. Then they went Saturday. Then they went Monday. Then they went Wednesday. Then they went Friday. Then they went Sunday. There was actually not even the two-day break in travel between Colorado and Tampa Bay. There was only a two-day break between games one and two. So I could see there being a game one and two break, Wednesday and yeah. And Saturday, because they want Saturday night. I'd say hey, Saturday's the hockey day. People, when they think hockey, they think Saturday. So yes. to me, that makes perfect sense. But last year, they went every second day after game two. And the reason why I brought that up about the scheduling was uh, in the first round, there was talk of, of what the second round was going to look like. And then they had the framework done for the third round and even the Stanley Cup final. And uh, the guys I was talking to were like, this Stanley Cup final looks ridiculous. They had two-day cushions in there. Uh, that was kind of out of the norm. So I hope that that's not the case and that we actually see a quick and efficient final round. And, and it's weird that in 21, when it was two Eastern base teams, yes, <laughs> you had uh, game one in Tampa on, um, that was on, let me look at the exact uh, date. That was on July, oh no, sorry, June 28th which would have been a Monday. So they played Monday. Then yeah. they played Wednesday. Then they played this, this Saturday. Then it was, uh, then they had two days between games two and three, two days between games three and four, there, yeah. which was odd. So there's no hundred percent consistency in what they do. So we'll see. Tommy, have yourself a great day. We'll chat with you tomorrow. Sounds good, Greg. It's good to see you. Cause Chronicles brought to you by action. Electrical, the Gregor show. You can always text us 10, 12, 60 email us in our Jiffy lube inbox. Jay Gregor at TSN 1260.ca. And we're going to talk a little b-ball next. Two forty-seven. That was in Sports Center, TSN twelve sixty. Welcome back to the Gregor Show. How are you? I hope you're having an awesome uh, Thursday. Time for the playoff report. Brought to you by Tenacor, an industrial company or plant site. Need to replace aging equipment, but are having a hard time finding or getting a quote. Well, use Tenacor. They'll get you what you need when you need it. Go to Tenacor.com. That's two ends in Tenacor. And uh, the Miami Heat have an opportunity to punch their ticket to the NBA final. 
as the uh, Denver Nuggets are waiting to see who they will play. The uh, Heat won the first three games. Uh, Dallas staved off elimination in Game 4. Now they're at home tonight to see if they can push this to a Game 6. Uh, Eric Reed from uh, Bali Sports joins us. And, uh, Eric, the uh, the Heat, man, they really had their way with the Celtics in the in the first three games. Uh, you know, I give the Celtics credit. Uh, they played better in, in Game 4. Did you see anything that the Heat maybe really didn't like about their own game that they want to change for Game 5? A lot, a lot. Uh, you know, the the Heat win when they win energy and effort categories. I think they lead to all playoff teams in, in deflections, loose balls recovered, charges taken. Those are the kind of things that, that make the Heat the team they are and, and the kind of sort of basic core principles that, you know, are known around the league as Heat culture. Uh, they got beaten all of those areas the other night. Also, Boston played to the level that, we sort of anticipated they would play at in a conference final. Listen, they have the second-best record in the league for a reason. They're a very good team. Uh, they're balanced with, with excellent offense and, and very good defense. And it really didn't show up in those first three games, especially guys in their area of strength, three-point shooting. That's how they beat teams all year with about 15 made threes a game. And in the first three games in this series, they had 10, 10, and 11 threes. The other night in Game 4, they made 18 of them. They had 10 more threes in Miami, so that's 30 points right there. Plus, they turned Miami over, uh, 27 points off 16 heat turnovers. So it was sort of a lethargic offense, a step-slow defense, and it resulted in, in Miami's worst second half and, and pretty much their worst loss of the playoffs. Not totally unexpected. It's hard to sweep a quality team, especially this late. So I wasn't shocked by Boston's response, and, and I would be surprised if we don't get a great game in Boston tonight. Yeah, it's interesting. I, I wondered about the Heat. You know, you're up 3 nothing. You're rolling along. And, hey, Boston's, you know, they're a good team, but uh, uh, Miami had clearly outplayed them. And I just, I, I think at times, you, know, you don't want to be lackadaisical, Eric, but it, I, I can see how maybe it sneaks in a bit. It's sort of battling human nature, and you deal with that, Almost in every playoff series I've been a part, I've been the Heat broadcast for 35 years. So this is the 24th time Miami's made the playoffs. We've seen a lot of postseason games over these, you know, last 35 years. In almost every one, one of the core principles is this. Can the team that won the previous game match the urgency of the team that lost? And Miami was not able to do that at home with a chance to close out. And again, they're going to be facing a, a proud Celtics team that, that's also a very good team that knows, you know, one false step and they're playing their last game. Uh, Miami also is going to come with that urgency after having lost the last game. Um, they're tantalizingly close to going to the finals for the seventh time. They want to do it. They're led by a guy who's consumed by winning. And I'm not talking about Pat Riley or Eric Spolstra, who both also fit that category. I'm talking about Jimmy Butler, who... By the way, interesting in studying for this game, Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo, they, one's been great, the other's been really, really good in the playoffs. Neither one has played well over the last two games. Uh, the Heat are going to be without their starting point guard tonight, Gabe Vincent. I think it's all the more important for Miami to do something they've done successfully all year long when times get tough. Follow your leaders, and those leaders are Jimmy and Bam, and they got to have big-time games tonight. The Miami Heat are doing this without two of their top eight players, which I think makes it even uh, even more impressive. Um, 
now this might be a strange question, Eric. Um, how much different do you think they'd be with those two in the lineup? It's hard to say. It's a valid question. We don't know. You know what's interesting about it? You know, Tyler Hero got hurt in the very first playoff game of this postseason, and it was it was an odd night. The Heat beat the Bucks in Milwaukee to start that series. I think it was one thirty to one seventeen. It was that was a shock in itself to start that series that way. Remember, they had the best record in the league coming into the playoffs. In that game, Hero breaks his hand. Two games later, they lose his backup, Victor Oladipo. Now, Tyler's a guy that creates his own shots. He gets 20 points per game on a team that was last in the league in scoring, by the way, at just over 109. He was getting 20. But in his absence, Caleb Martin has stepped up. In, uh, in Oladipo's absence, Duncan Robinson has had his moments in these playoffs and has shot the three ball like, like he used to. Caleb Martin's played like he never has. He's played great. He's been one of the Heat's best players on both ends of the court in this postseason. Tonight they're going to have to figure out a way to do it without Gabe Vincent, who is having his best playoffs. He's out with a sprained ankle. He's two games removed from a, a 29-point, you know, game three, a game removed. And, you know, so now Kyle Lowry is going to have to start. It's going to put more pressure on Jimmy and Bam to facilitate and play make. And a guy that may play a role tonight, I'm just guessing on this, but with the heat down another man and, and the depth, you know, n- not what it was before those injuries, I think Haywood Highsmith, third-year guy at a Wheeling College in West Virginia, he's an excellent defender. I could see him getting He's only played seven minutes in the series. Don't be surprised if you see in there defending Tatum uh, and Jalen Brown during this game at some point. Interesting. Now, why do you think that is? Well, because the Heat are a man down, especially on the defensive end. Losing Vincent, a guy that could pick up full court, and a guy that's defended Jalen Brown a lot during this series. And Highsmith is one of those, you know, three and D guys that the Heat have developed. Another undrafted, you know, uh, product of the of the G League and the Heat's developmental system. And I listen. I don't know. Um, this is just an assumption and a guess on my part that there's a chance he could play a role off the bench as a defensive uh, stopper tonight. Awesome. Uh, quickly, Eric. Uh, not to get ahead, but I always like to look ahead. The uh, the Denver Nuggets and oh. uh, what they've done. Like, what answer would you have in how you try to slow down or defend Jokic? You know, I'm not a coach. Uh, um, uh, I'm just a broadcaster that, that tries to learn as much about the game as possible. And I'll tell you this, you, you can't stop him. He's too good. He's the best player in the world right now, in my opinion. He's so unique and so versatile. But as somebody looking in, and, and I hope this becomes the Heat's problem, but whoever plays Jokic has got to deal with this. You know, Jokic, a guy that's been the MVP twice, could have easily won it a third time this year. He can He can slay you with his scoring. Um, you know, take the air out of you with his rebounding. But what really destroys you is the way he sets up his teammates with his playmaking and his assists. So for me, and I think for whatever coaching staff has to deal with him, you got to pick your poison. Listen, you got to change up the looks constantly with him and with any great player. Change who's defending him. Change who's doubling him. Where the double is coming from. Uh, you know, do all of those kind of things. Eric Spolster always calls it multiple schemes and multiple defenders. You also got to make decisions on: Are you going to live with Jokic scoring, or, or and because if you're sending an extra defender at him, this is the problem with them. Yes, 
you send an extra defender at him, he's finding the open guy. And right now, Jamal Murray, the rim feels like it's about 20 feet wide for him. And when Gordon and Porter start banging in threes off Jokic assists, uh, that's when they become really difficult to to defend and beat. So it's pick your poison with that guy. And uh, I know two teams right now that would do anything to have the opportunity to scheme and compete and and try to beat Jokic and a great Denver team. You know, if, if you're just looking at it, they're the favorite. But, you know, in Miami shoes right now, who cares? Yeah. You've already giant killed the Bucks. You're, you're up 3-1 on the Celtics. Those two teams have the best record in the regular season. So the Heat were 0-2 against the Nuggets in the regular season. We know how hard it is to win in the altitude of Denver, uh, even when they're not good. And now you've got to deal with the altitude and, a, and an excellent Denver team. So, but the Celtics and Heat would do anything to have the opportunity to give it a shot. Well, Eric, uh, as somebody who has no horse in the in the field, I'm uh, hoping the Heat win just so we can get to the final quicker. So, uh, go Miami. We appreciate that support from wherever it comes from. There, there's always room on the Heat bandwagon. And I, and I will say this in closing: of all the time, like the Heat's won three titles and have already been in six finals. There has never been a playoff journey like this one, though. As the eighth seed, a team that is has gotten this far with like joy and, and surprise and no burden of expectation. Now there's certainly an expectation from within that locker room. I think there has been the whole way. But everybody's sort of anticipating this. It will be the first time since 19, the 1999 Knicks uh, for an eighth seed to make it to the finals. And that's not the only kind of history that Miami's trying to repeat and then make. So they got big goals, but, but you know, it, it all comes down to doesn't matter about 3-1. It all comes down to tonight and what happens in those 48 minutes at TD Garden. Well, they've got their, uh, I guess, their state partner in the Florida Panthers who are already in the cup final as an eight seed. And, uh, man, that would be quite the party every second night. Uh, you could have uh, Panthers playing one night, Heat playing the next night for uh, sports fans. Uh, they'll have lots of opportunities to party. It's been amazing. It really has been. Every other night, we've had conference finals games. The Panthers are in our incredible role. We're enjoying it. The whole, the whole community of South Florida is alive for both teams. And the cool thing is both teams are celebrating yeah. each other. And you know what else? This comes off a winter and, and a spring where the University of Miami and Florida Atlantic University both went to the Final Four in college basketball. So, we're rolling right down right now in South Florida and, and hope to keep it that way for the next few weeks. Awesome. Thanks, Eric. Have a great day. Enjoy the game. Thank you. You as well. There you go. That is uh, Eric Reed uh, joining us from uh, Bali Sports. It's the Heat and the Celtics tonight. I think I said Dallas earlier. Obviously, it's Boston. Just, uh, confusing the games tonight. Dallas, of course, is taking on Vegas. Let's get to uh, Brandon Douglas and a Sports Center update brought to you by... Lifestyle SIG, family-owned business with four locations in Edmonton and Short Park. They provide knowledge and sound advice on vaping hardware and e-liquid. Learn more at LifestyleSIG.com.